I, I am honored to be here. Uh, thank you, everyone, uh, for the, the privilege. Uh, Pastor Ryan uh, asked me, uh, it was a little while ago, and uh, so honored to do it. So grateful for him and Adrian. Could we give them a hand? Uh, they, are, they are some good, good people, I tell you what. And a uh, little shepherd and another on the way. Get ready. Y'all be praying for your pastors right now. They're, they're, they're about to step into a whole other ball field. We have five kids, I know. Come on. It, it, is, it gets crazy. When you add one, it's not just adding. It's like multiplying. It is, it, it's a lot. So anybody with little ones know what I'm talking about. Uh, my, my name is John Sokowskis. I'm the pastor of Journey Church, uh, and we are out in West Chase. And exactly as, as Pastor Ryan said, I was here just over a year ago. It would have been the first week in June 2021. And they invited our team to kind of come early and shadow this incredible home team and, and learn and ask questions and just kind of see it all. Uh, we were able to just kind of receive some instruction, encouragement, mentoring. And uh, then you guys prayed for us. You guys gave financially even to help our church uh, plant. And we launched in September. And it was an awesome uh, launch. And uh, we've, we're like nine months old now at this point, and God's done some incredible things. We've seen some healings. We've seen over 70 people give their life to Jesus uh, since we launched. Yeah, that's something worth celebrating. Uh, e even recently, we've got this young girl. She's in her mid-20s, mid just came to know Jesus. Like She's like two months into this relationship with Jesus, brand new, and uh, just, just learning, just hungry for God's word, hungry to grow, hungry to even serve. I mean, it's just exciting to see uh, what God is doing. So thank you for investing and encouraging and praying uh, for us. Thank you for encouraging in person and afar, even via social media, everything. Uh, you guys, local city, are a blessing. I just want to share all that. Uh, as you might see in, in a moment, there's a picture of uh, my wife and our kids, my wife, Emily. She's actually preaching right now at Journey Church. So pray for her, all right? That's exciting. It's her third time that she's ever done it, and she does an amazing job. And then our five, we've got Josiah, who's our oldest, Micah, Selah, Noah, and Judah. Look at that smile. I'll tell you what, he just, he's about to bust, you know. Uh, it, it is such a, a privilege to um, be married to Emily and to have these five little ones in which we are raising up, right? They're, they're arrows in my quiver. Or I'm supposed to be directing them and uh, raising them up in the way that they should go. And uh, it's a lot of work, but anyone knows if they've got kids, it's worth it. It is so worth it. So uh, I'm excited to just be part of that. Um, I, I want to share uh, just briefly with you today, uh, and the title of the message is called The Power and the Anatomy of Trust. The Power and the Anatomy of Trust. Trust is powerful. It's also one of those things that we don't think about. We don't necessarily talk about that often, unless maybe we take it for granted and then something happens and our trust is broken and then it becomes an issue, it becomes highlighted. But trust really, it guides our most important relationships. If you trust someone, right, we trust God, it's guiding much of how we live our lives. When we, we trust our spouse, we trust our parents, our friends, kids, it really guides so much of what we do and how we live our lives. I don't know about you, but I know I've been burnt before, I've been hurt, I've been betrayed, I've been lied to, I've been stolen from. Uh, different things have happened in my life where my trust has like been tested, right? And then when that happens, sometimes it even happens as a child. It could happen even from a loved one. It could happen from someone that shouldn't happen, right? From a parent, an, an uncle. Something can happen where your trust is broken. And that has a, has a, a, a tremendous difficulty to overcome. It really takes a lot of work to overcome. But it's so important because it's much better than living with walls up, right? Uh, so one thing that happens when we meet somebody is just in our nervous system, the way that we were designed, is immediately 
Whether we ask it or not, intentionally, you know, consciously, subconsciously, we ask ourselves, can I trust this person? Can I trust this person? It might be in a dealership when a car, you know, a salesman shows up. It, it might be a phone call. It might be, we, regardless of the encounter, that's immediately a thought that you not, I not even think consciously, but it happens in our, in our systems. Can I, can I trust? Is it safe? And if it is, if we feel that it is, we move forward. We move towards that relationship. And if it's not, we often step back. We move away from that relationship, even though we don't even know the person or know much about them. That's just something that naturally happens when we encounter somebody. And so when, when we experience a breach in trust, when trust is broken, that's something that's really hard to overcome. Uh, but I want, what I'd like to talk to you about today is it's vitally important for us to live in trust, to walk in trust, to exercise trust. And I want to really talk about these dynamics of trust particularly because it is the currency of relationships. If you don't have trust, you don't have a relationship. If you can't trust somebody, a friend, a brother, a spouse, if there's no trust, there's no real relationship. Trust is the foundation which relationships are built, and it's so important. So Henry, Henry Cloud, he's a, a world-renowned um, author, uh, as well as he's a psychiatrist. He's a theologian. This guy has done so much. He's well accomplished. And he, he's kind of come up with what we've called the anatomy of trust. And he, he, he came up with these five thoughts that trust is built through these five things. If you're taking notes, the first is this, understanding. So somebody knows you, they, they listen, they get you, they, they understand. There's some understanding in the communication in that relationship. That's first. Second is knowing intent. So you can trust someone when you know their intent, you know their motive for you is good, right? Uh, the, the third is this, ability. So uh, they know what they're going to do. They, they, they've done it before. They've got some ability. I, I think about this as a, a doctor, for example. You might go to a doctor's office, and the doctor says, hey, you know, you've got this going on. You need surgery. And you think, the doctor's just out to get more money in his pocket. I don't know. I don't think I need surgery. You're not going to trust him. You're not going to go through with that. But if you do trust him and you think, yeah, he's, he has my best in mind, he's, his motive for me, her motive for me is good, I'm going to go ahead with that surgery. So then we say, okay, doc, let's go ahead with the surgery. And then the doc says, great, I'm so excited. This is the first time I've ever done that surgery. You're like, whoa, hold up, wait a minute. I, I, I'm questioning now if I'm going to continue in this decision because the ability, not only is trust built through understanding and knowing the motive and intent, but also ability. Do they have the ability to perform to help to meet the needs that I have? Fourth is this character. They do what they say they're going to do. They are who they say they are. It's not two different versions of it. It's somebody who has character. That's important. And lastly, a track record. What happened last time? Did they deliver? What was the outcome? These are helpful things to look for when you're building trust, when you're growing in trust. These are important things. And regardless of the relationship, regardless, sometimes we trust ourselves based on our intentions, what we're thinking we're going to do, what we're, but we trust others based on their actions, based on their behavior. We, we need to ask ourselves, am I trusting myself? Am, am I putting myself in a better picture than I really am? Is it just in my intentions or am I actually following through? Am I a person, for example, of character? 
I want to share a few thoughts here as we move forward. These are very, very important, this anatomy of trust in relationships, and that's really where Henry Cloud focuses on. But I want to bring it to another thought and another kind of attention. We are in church this morning. I'd like to ask this question. What if we bring this and we think of this in the way of God, right? We think of this in our relationship with God. What does that mean? Because we are called to walk by faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. So are we approaching life and, and looking at even things like this, learning about something, can you see it with a lens of faith? So, so check this out. And you think about God, okay? If, if the anatomy of trust is trust is built through, you know, first of all, understanding, well, God understands me. God knows me better than I know myself. He knows my needs even before I know that I have needs. Come on, somebody. God has understanding, complete understanding of who I am. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. I know God's intent. His purpose for me is good, right? His intentions towards me are good. I can trust him because I know his motive is pure. He is not only with me, he promises that he is for me. And what about his ability? The Bible says, my God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I ask or think, right? It is at the name of Jesus that every tongue will confess, every knee will bow. It, that, that literally means not only the name of Jesus, the name, that, that word name means help. That means Jesus is the help above every other help. Catch that? So, so Jesus, you're gonna get more help when you go to Jesus than your mama. You're gonna get more help when you go to Jesus. Come on. Jesus is the help that is greater than any other help. He has the ability. What, what about the character? Shoot. He's the king of kings, right? He is the Lord. Everything he said he has done, he will do, he's done. Every, everything that he says he is, he is. He has the character. He is somebody I can put my trust in. And finally, the track record. Think about his track record just for a minute. He's the God who heals. He's the God who needs no introductions. He is the God who formed everything we see in him. All things are held together. Amen. His miracles are too countless to even number throughout scripture. You think about him wiping the blindness out of Bartimaeus' eyes, him raising Lazarus from the dead, him throwing the biggest fish fry in Guinness World Records, right? I mean, this guy has the character. This is somebody that I can trust. This is somebody that we can trust. Jesus has it all. He's got it going on. And, and this is important to be able to understand, to be able to, to think about, because sometimes, I don't, I don't know about you, but in my life, I don't necessarily find it easy to trust at times. Let's be real. I like to control. <laughs> I, I like to think I've, I've, got, I've got a grip on this. I could control this. I could. And friends, we can't control it. We can, we can try. The only thing that we're meant to control is ourselves. Self-control. In fact, the more that you try to control somebody else, the more out of control you become. That's not any notes, but you might want to write it down. The more you try to control someone else, the more out of control you become. The same is in situations, circumstances. Many times we try to change circumstances. We try to control them, and we become out of control. You ever been driving in Tampa Bay? You get a little road rage. You're trying to control somebody else out on the road. Then you're getting out of control. The only one we're called to control is ourselves. And yet that is something that we fight, we desire to control. We desire to control what happens, but the truth is we can't control what happens. But we can control how we react. 
Things are going to happen in our lives, but we can control how we react. Am I going to exercise faith and trust in the midst of this situation? Or am I not? Think about what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus is saying, in the midst of this world, you're going to have trouble. But be of good heart. Take cheer. I, I, I am, I've overcome the world, and I'm giving you peace. And my peace, the way that I give it, I don't give it as the world gives. He says, let not your heart be troubled. What does that mean, let not your heart be troubled? It means you and I have a responsibility over what happens in our heart. We have that responsibility. I say in your notes like this, your response is your responsibility. Sometimes something happens in life and we want to immediately shift the blame and blame somebody else for then something we end up doing, something we end up saying. And we don't want to take responsibility. We, we, we are living in a world where that's on the front page news all the time. Blame is being shifted. Come on now. But I want to tell you, we need to take responsibility for our own response. That is our responsibility. Your response, regardless of what's happened to you, regardless of what somebody says, regardless of how they look, regardless of what, you hear me now. Our response is our responsibility. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You have responsibility to guard your heart, to maintain your thoughts. What's going on in my heart? What's going on in my mind? This is a helpful word for us today. We take control, authority over the thoughts that we think. Over, and I'm, I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to give into that. I'm not going to let my heart go there. I'm going to keep my heart. I'm going to guard it from bitterness. I'm going to guard it from, help us. Take anxiety, for example. Proverbs 12, 25 says this. Anxiety weighs the heart down, but a kind word cheers it up. So anxiety weighs the heart down. You and I, we can feel that at times. It weighs on you. But a cheerful heart, a cheerful word rather, it, it cheers it up. A kind word cheers up your heart. It lifts up some of that anxiety off you. I, I love this quote I heard years ago. It says, you and I, we can't keep the birds from flying over our head, but we can keep them from nesting in our hair. You ever hear that before? It means you and I can't keep thoughts from coming into our mind. They're going to come, but we can keep them from staying there. We can keep them from, you know, just, just dwelling on them, lingering there long after they shouldn't be there. We can't control thought, all kinds of thoughts. All kinds of random thoughts are going to come into our minds at all times. But we can control what we allow to stay there, what we allow to remain there. So I take this, this verse, for example, in Proverbs 12. Okay, anxiety is going to weigh my heart down, but a kind word cheers it up. It's a kind word is going to take some of that stuff off me, help me when I'm struggling with anxiety. So what does that mean? Well, I can't control sometimes all these circumstances sometimes bring me anxiety, but I can control getting around people who know how to speak kind words to me, who know how to love me, who know how to encourage me. I know where the church is at. I know where small groups at. I know where I can reach this person via text, via phone call, whatever that might be. And we put ourselves in those places to be encouraged where those things aren't going to have their way with us. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? We, we take it and make it real, real practical. Take it a little further. If anxiety weighs the heart down, Sounds a lot like this verse, Psalm 42, verse 5. It says, why are you downcast, O my soul? Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. So he's saying, why are you downcast? Why, so why are you pressed down? Why, why, why are you feeling the weight of some of the things that are happening in the world right now? Why? 
And David's talking to himself. Sometimes you might look at somebody like in the, in the car and it looks like they're talking to himself. Maybe they're talking, you know, a little Bluetooth or who knows, but I talk to myself. It, it's Bible, it's biblical, right? That David did it. He said, why are you downcast on my soul? That's, that's, that's important. Really what it's, it's communicating, it's, it's beyond anxiety at this point. It's depression. Depression means pressed down. So, so David, and then the, the verse continues, it says, and why are you disquieted with me? Disquieted means worried, troubled, and disturbed. So there's times that things happen in our life and in, in the world that leaves our souls troubled, disturbed, where we're worried, where we're anxious, where we're feeling depressed. And it's in those moments that we say, man, wait a minute. Why am I downcast? Why is my soul troubled and feeling all these things? Put your hope in God. Remind yourself who you are. Remind yourself whose you are. Remind yourself the promises of God. I don't have to stay here. I don't have to allow these things to take a rule or authority over me. I can take authority and rule over them. We need to remind ourselves, church, that we are called to live by faith. John Maxwell says it like this. You can feed your faith and starve fear, or you can feed your fear and starve faith. You catch that? Some of us are feeding our fear. We're seeing some things and we're allowing it to weigh on our soul. We're feeling anxious. We're feeling discouraged, depressed, troubled, and worried. It says, you know what? We are called to live by faith. We're called to rise above these things. So wait a minute, I'm not going to continue to feed my fear. I'm going to feed my faith. I'm going to put my hope in God. I'm going to put my trust in him. I love that verse, Isaiah 26, verse 3. says this, it says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You catch that? If I would just keep my mind on Jesus, my mind on the Lord, He's going to keep me in perfect peace. Look, look at your neighbor and say, you got to keep your mind on Jesus. That, that was like two, three people. Look at the, look at the other neighbor and say, got to keep your mind on Jesus. Friends, friends we got to keep our mind on him. God, you, God, I don't understand what I'm going through, but my mind is on you. God, I, I don't know. Some of these things that I'm going through right now are tough, but my mind is on you. Regardless of what this looks like right now, my mind is on you. And as our minds are on him, he says he keeps us in perfect peace. Why? Because we trust in him. We're, we're growing in our trust. We're developing this thing called trust. We're learning what trust looks like as not just in our relationships, but in our relationship with him. Think about not only is trust the currency of relationships. If there's no trust, there's no relationship. Trust is the currency of heaven. Bible says it's impossible to please God apart from faith. For he who comes to God must believe that he exists and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews 11.6. So this idea of faith is our putting our hope in God, trusting in God. This is the currency of heaven. We can't receive anything but by faith. We need to walk in this thing called faith. Think about Hebrews 11. All the things that they did by faith. By faith they conquered. But by, by faith they quenched the mouths of lions. By faith they gained what was promised. But by faith, it's all by faith. So we put our trust in God. Amen? It's so important. This is age old, but it's so, so good. Check out Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. It says, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. That means happy. Happy is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the waters that sends out its root by the streams. It does not fear when heat comes. 
Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Wow. What was the first thing the enemy had a full-on assault on? It was in the garden when he approached Eve. Did God really say? He's entering in with doubt, attacking her faith, attacking this trust, this relationship. Did God really say? And then he went a step further. He said, no, God didn't say. An outright lie. It was an assault on her faith, this idea of trust. The enemy knows that if we could but doubt, if doubt can creep in, if we could let go of trust, if we could, oh, he's got a little place. He's got a foothold. He's got an opportunity at that point. Help us, Lord. I don't know about you. I've seen people. I've been pastor for a little, for a little while. Youth pastor, associate pastor, now senior pastor. And I've seen over that 20 plus years, I've seen a lot of people come to church. And I've seen people just kind of fall out of church. And I've seen at times when they fall out of church, man, all kinds of things start happening in their lives. Crazy things sometimes. And then they come back in to church. They're like, man. They can't believe what had happened. They look back and like, oh, my gosh. Church has, a, has the ability to keep us, right? When, when we're connected with other believers, it's the ability to lift our soul, to encourage us, to keep us on the right track. It really does. When you and I hear the word of God being preached over us, it is good for our soul. And what it does, it reveals deficits. It reveals areas in which we need to grow. And that is a healthy thing. If you aren't growing, then I don't know how healthy you are, friends. We need to always be growing. And we need to be challenged, hearing truth that challenges us and calls us to put our faith in him. Causes us to, oh man, yeah, there's, there's an area I'm falling short. There's an area I'm struggling. God, I'm giving this to you. I'm putting my faith in you. I'm putting my trust in you. We need to keep moving, but help, help me, Lord. Help me. Check out what trust means in Hebrew. Trust means confident, safe, secure, and careless. Oh, so good. You can be secure. You don't have to be insecure when you trust God. Anybody been there before struggling with insecurity? You trust in God, you don't have to be insecure. You can, be in, you can be secure of his love for you. You can be secure of his plans for you. You can be secure of his care for you. You can be secure of his provision for you. You can be secure in his goodness. Come on. There is security when we trust in him. Solomon said, let the Lord be your confidence. Let the Lord be your confidence. And that word careless, think about that. Have you ever been around somebody you don't really trust and you've got to like watch what you say? You've got to guard what you say because you feel like, it could be used against you. <laughs> Have you ever been around somebody that you trust that you don't even think about it? You're just careless. It's just anything could flow. You're just, you're carefree. You just, well, well you don't even think about it. Just words just flow because there's trust there. You catch that? I think about my kids, like they trust. They, they're not worried about the bills. They're, they're not worried about this, that. They just trust. Dad's got them. If dad says something, he's going to do it. If mom says something, okay, we, we better expect this is going to happen. There, there's trust there. And because there's trust there, there's a care. There's just a, they're carefree. They're just, wow. And that's what God's called us to be like as his children, to be carefree. The Bible says they cast our cares upon the Lord. Why? Because he will sustain us when we do. And he will never let the righteous be shaken. We will not be shaken as we put our cares upon him as we cast our cares upon him that means throw 
Some of the things that got you up at night, some of the things that have you anxious and worried, what are you doing with it? Are you allowing it to dwell? Are you allowing it to linger? Are you carrying it with you for a while? Take this uh, coffee mug. Anybody have anything around them? Maybe a Bible, an iPad, a, uh, even a phone, a water bottle. Will you take that and hold it out right now? Just take it and hold it out. Extend your arm if you would. Right now as we do this, keep it, keep it there for a little while. Right now as we do this, it's not a lot. It's not a lot of work. It's not hard. Maybe we feel a little bit in our arms. We can do this. Maybe for a minute. Maybe for a couple minutes. Don't change your posture for the rest of the day. Go to sleep like this, carrying the same thing you're carrying. Wake up the next day. Don't move your arm. You know what that's going to do to your arm? Your back? Your Oh, my God. Lord, have mercy. Anybody already feeling it? <laughs> Come on now. This is what we do. We, we carry stuff with us. We, we carry it from yesterday into today, from today into tomorrow. We're carrying it. And God says, cast it, throw it, cast your cares upon me, for I care for you. I will sustain you. You will not be shaken. The things that tripped you up last week aren't going to trip you up this week. The things that messed you up last year aren't going to mess you up. When you're walking with me, when you're casting your cares upon me, come on. When you're letting it go, putting it down. Friends, I don't know about you, but I've never seen sheep carrying a load before. God calls us sheep. I've seen oxen yoked together carrying something, right? Seen horses, I've seen, I never seen sheep yoked up to another sheep, carrying a load. God calls us sheep for a reason. We're not meant to carry. We're not meant to carry some of the stuff that we're carrying. We're meant to cast it upon him, give it to him. God, I don't understand. This is hard. This is, this is so hard. God, this is frustrating. I felt like I was past this. God, I want to give it to you. I'm going to keep giving it to you. And I'm going to keep giving it to you. And I'm going to keep giving it to you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to let go of it. I'm not going to carry it any longer. Friends, this is so helpful. So helpful. Sometimes we like to take these cares that we hold and we just like to vomit them all over other people. <laughs> Anybody been vomited on before? I've got five kids. I've been vomited on all kinds of times. I can't count. One time before kids, I was driving. I had Buddy, you know, in the passenger seat. My sister and two friends in the back were on a road trip. My friend right behind me, she's pregnant. Little, little morning sickness. She says, I'm not feeling too well. I'm on the highway. I-75 around Atlanta. I'm like, oh, help me, Jesus. I'm in the left lane because I like to cruise. I got to go quickly to the right lane. But there's a semi in the right lane. How am I going to get over to pull over because she's about to get sick? All of a sudden, I hear it while I'm driving. I'm still in the right lane. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, and I'm in the driver's seat. And She's right behind me. I'm feeling like, oh, cringing, like I'm about to get. I didn't feel anything. She covered, she, she put her hands up. And so it kind of shielded back and all over her and then all over my sister. And so my sister, she didn't feel sick at all. But all of a sudden she's like, eh, eh. I mean, it, it was contagious. One person vomits and another person's about to vomit. And sometimes it happens. We bring that kind of stuff into our relationships, right? We, we vomit all over people. We don't cast our cares upon the Lord. We don't give God that stuff. Oh, we just want to give it to our spouse. Oh, we just want to give it to our friend. Oh, we just want to, blah, 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 and we just vomit on them. Friends, it's healthy to share things with people. But I want to tell you, if you're not going to God first, come on now, if you're not bringing it to God first, you're bringing some drama and some other stuff onto other people. 
People are limited. We, we have a, a finite resource, right, in, in everything that we have. But God is limitless. He is a river that never runs dry. He can handle all your drama and your baby mama pajama drama too. He, he can handle it all. God wants it, friends. God wants it. And it's going to actually help you and help you some of your relationships. I'm not telling you don't share some stuff with your spouse. Don't share. I'm not saying that. I'm saying share it with God first. Come to God because what happens when you share some of the things that are going on with God now there's this filter. At first, you're all anxious and worried. And then there's this filter. Now you've got a little bit more peace. Now a little bit more composure. Now you're sharing from a different place. Does that make sense? Share, share with people. I'm not saying we need healthy people. Sometimes counselor is good, friend, spouse, pastor, small group leader. We need to share. We need to get that stuff off of us. The Bible says we're blessed when we confess our sins and faults one to another and pray for one another. We're healed. Hear me what I'm saying. But it's also important to bring that stuff to God. Amen. To cast it upon the Lord and then share it with people. Amen. All right. I need to, I need to keep moving. I need to keep moving. Woo. Help me, Lord. Check out this profound verse that is, was always profound until I got this in this meeting, in this context, and it just went to another level. Mark chapter 4, verse 19. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. Had to throw in that old King James, I'm sorry. Becometh, isn't that a cool word? Becometh. But, but, but check this out, the important thing here. The cares of this world. This is so important, friends. If you and I are holding on to the cares that we just talked about, all that stuff, it has the ability to choke the word. So the word you just heard Pastor Ryan preach, the word you're hearing me preach, the, the, the devotional that you had yesterday morning, the small group discussion that was so rich last Wednesday night, the men's outing, that you hear what I'm saying? All of that, it doesn't have the ability to produce the fruit that God desires it to in your life if you and I are walking around with the cares of the world. It's choking the word. It's, it's, it's not allowing it to become as fruitful as God desires it. This is important. It matters more than we think to let go, to cast our cares, to throw them upon the Lord, to give it to Jesus. <sighs> Friends, I've got a wife. I've got five kids. I've got a church. I'm right here with you. I'm listening. I'm <laughs> there is so much that can keep me up at night. There is so much that can keep me anxious. There is so much that can keep me that I want to hold on to. This person did this. Oh, I'm not sure about. I just have to give it to the Lord. I got to keep giving it to the Lord. I got to say, Jesus, you have this. I got to be like a kid walking around carefree, careless. Jesus got me. Oh, what peace I often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Whew. Friends, we need, to give it, we need to give it to Jesus. I want to, if I'm showing up and I'm hearing the word of God preached, if I'm getting in my Bible, if I'm spending all that time in the devotions, I'm going to small group, I don't want anything to keep that from growing, to keep the fruit and the desires that God does at 30, 60, 100 fold. I don't want anything to get in the way. And Jesus is telling us that the cares of the world have the ability to get in the way, to choke it, to make it unprofitable, to make it unfruitful. I'm going to get rid of those cares. I'm going to drop it like it's hot. I ain't spending time with that any longer than I have to, right? 
I'm going to let it go like Elsa. I'm, I'm going to do whatever I can do to just, Jesus, take the wheel. Come on, take it all. I'm not carrying it. I'm not, no, Jesus, this is yours. It's yours. Friends, I really believe that, that alone is helpful. That word right there. And I love what Isaiah said earlier. As we cast our cares upon him, he will sustain us. He will strengthen us, right? And we will not be shaken. David got this in the midst of challenges that he never faced before. We were just in the Smoky Mountains, my crew. We saw a bear in the wild. It was awesome. I wasn't thinking about going and approach that bear and taking it out. <laughs> David did. He said, hey, the same God that delivered me from the bear, the same God that delivered me from the lion, he's going to deliver me from this giant. He's going to deliver me from this Goliath. And you and I, we might not face Goliath, but we face plenty of giants. We face all kinds of things in our mind, in our heart, in our relationships, in our health, in our finances, as a community, as a church, in our city, in our nation. We face all kinds of giants. What are you going to do with them? And with what confidence are you walking around with? Security. I trust in the Lord. I'm not feeding my fear. I'm feeding my faith. Amen. I'm walking in this thing. I'm not allowing my heart to get out of hand and get all bitter. And No, my response is my responsibility, and I'm going to walk this thing out. I'm going to guard my heart. Jesus. I need to wrap it up. Let me, let, me, let me close with this. Henry Cloud said this. Trust is the most important foundational element of a relationship in life or business. Nurture it. Protect it. Everything rests upon it. Everything in this thing called life. Our relationships and life in business, in ministry, in marriage, it all rests on trust. It is so vitally important. So as I think of understanding, knowing intent, motive, right? Ability, character, track record. God's got them all. We can trust him. Let me ask a question. Can he trust you? Is your motive pure? Are your intentions good? Do you have the ability? We all have the ability because ability simply means availability in God's kingdom. If we just are open and willing, God takes availability and makes ability happen. He gives us a source and strength, but we've got to be available. Do you have the character? Are you who you say you are? Do you do what you say you're going to do? And do you have the track record? Friends, God is making us like him, conforming us into the image of his son. He promises all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I didn't always have the character. My track record didn't look the greatest. I wasn't available. My motives weren't pure. But God, God got a hold of me. And he's done something in me that he continues to do. And I, like Paul, I'm confident that what God has begun in me, he shall complete in the day of Christ Jesus. Amen. Anybody there on that journey with me? 
that what God has started in your heart, he's going to finish. He's going to make up for the areas in which you lack. He's going to bring and strengthen your character as you call upon him, as you continue to look to him, as you continue to cast your cares upon him. He's going to sustain you. You're not going to be shaken. What took you out last year is not going to take you out this year. God is going to do it. God is going to allow your track record to be consistent. Why? So people could look at you? No, so people could look at him. So people could give him the glory. I knew them. I knew what they used to do. I knew what they were in. What? You're telling me they're leading a smart? You're telling me they're financing the church? You're telling me that God is, oh, come on. They're facing that and they still have their countenance. They still have joy about them. They still have peace. I'm getting a preaching up in here. I need to slow down. I need to. Help us, Lord. I invite you to pray with me. moment we're going to have a prayer team come up and they'll be available to pray with you but together as a community we just call upon your name Jesus we call upon you God we thank you that you are good God that you understand us that you know us better than we know ourselves God we thank you that your motive is pure your intentions towards us are good We thank you that you have the ability to keep us until that day of your son's return. That you have the ability to keep everything that we give to you. That we don't have to carry it, but we can let it go. We can lay it at your feet, Jesus. Would you do that right now? Would you just give him what you're carrying? Just let it go. Maybe it's just been today. Maybe it's been a week. Maybe it's been a year or maybe a decade. Would you give it to him? Oh, God, I give you what other people think. God, I give you my fear of rejection. I give you need for approval. God, I give you my anxiety. I give you you my kids. I give you this diagnosis. Jesus, we give you these things. Would you lay them at his feet? Yes, Jesus, we give it to you, Lord. Yes, thank you, Lord. We thank you that in exchange, you give us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord, for mourning, the garment of praise, for the spirit of heaviness. You are the God of the great exchange. And so as we lay these things at your feet, would you fill us with your peace? Fill us with your joy. May they abound, Lord. May we walk from here feeling lighter, carefree, God, like kids taken care of by their daddy. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Give it all to you. Thank you, Lord. As we grow in this thing called trust, some of us might be trusting in him for the very first time. Jesus said, "All oh, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You will believe in your heart that he died and rose again. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You shall be saved. If that's you, would you just put your hope in Jesus? Just give it to him, Lord. Say, God, I trust you give you my life and finally we ask God that you would make us people who can be trusted God that our spouse can trust us that our kids can trust us that our church can trust us that our community can trust us that we can be people that represent you well here in the earth that people might see what you've done in our lives and they would give you glory 
altar is open. The prayer team will be up here. This team is going to lead us in worship. Pastor Ryan asked for these connection cards. If you're new, that's your gift. First time, fill this out. And out in the lobby, there's a connection area. If you need personal prayer, come on up. If you accepted Jesus for the first time, would you let someone know? Somebody would love to pray with you here or even in the lobby of the Connection Center. We're so glad you're here at Local City Church. And the best is yet to come, church. The best is yet to come. That's just what God deals with. He deals in best options, amen? That's just who he is. God is love.